This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome. You've got about 15 seconds until we go live. Uh, this is that Millwall interactive podcast live episode. Um, we're joined by the panel tonight and our discussions tonight will be Millwall and England. I'm sure it's going to get fairly heated, as you would expect. There seems to be plenty of discussions going on around Twitter and WhatsApp groups um, regarding England so uh fuck it up it's uh it's gonna be a fun fun episode and uh we will see you straight after this good evening welcome to another edition of that live interactive podcast episode um usual guests welcome Stephen. Hello, Mick. How, hello, Ben. How are you doing? All right? Hello, Ben. You all right? Chaps. Good I mean, stuff. I've been better after yesterday, times two. No, that's it, isn't it, mate? That's it, that's it. But it's, um, it is what it is, I suppose. You, you can't really, um, you can't really expect otherwise, to be fair. Um, Millwall always gives you hope. And England never really does, to be fair. Let's start with Millwall. Might as well start with the easy side of it first. Um, your thoughts on Millwall yesterday then, um, Stephen? Um, it was disappointing, wasn't it, really? I mean, Wigan come into the game with strong away form, a new manager, um, obviously Colo Toure, quite a, a coup for, for them and, and uh, obviously lifted their spirits. <clears throat> But after a sort of disappointing second half at Sunderland, you kind of expected a home game, last home game before Christmas, that the that the players would have been right up for it. They make a big they make a big um sort of play on on the fact that they enjoy playing at the den and they enjoy the, the home atmosphere and, and they look forward to it. But 
they didn't really we didn't really get going that there was chance there was a couple of chances but we just looked so off the pace and and so that's a couple of individual individuals which i'm sure we'll come on to that just didn't look quite at it and i actually thought that to come away with a point after a performance like that i wouldn't say it's a good result but i think on another day if a team had a little bit more quality they would have wiped the four of us yesterday I totally agree. Good evening to a chaps who's just joined us. You all right, fella? Hello, mate. Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit of technical issues, hence those who've tuned in for us coming on a little bit late. Um, for some unknown reason, I managed to get the sound coming out my microphone and um, and not out my laptop speakers. But hey, we've fixed it and uh, sounds back in the uh, in the earphones. Um, we're speaking about Millwall yesterday. Um, chaps, I know that if people want to listen to your full-on rant, then uh, get on the YouTube shortly. It's been taking a hell of a long time to um, to upload today, but I'll check it in a minute and see if it's live. But yeah, in in, in part, I suppose. Um, your thoughts on yesterday, then, uh, Chris? Yeah, I only caught the back end of what Stephen was saying, so I, I don't know exactly what he said, but I think. Um, it felt, I don't know, it was a bit odd for me yesterday. It's hard to summarise because I don't think we were that bad, but then we didn't do enough to win the game at all. And I also agree with Stephen into that we played a better team than Wigan. Uh, we could have easily been beaten. It was it was a weird one. I couldn't pick out anyone other than Murray Wallace, and I don't mean to dig him out, that I thought was really bad. And I'm sure we'll come on to some of the individual performances later. But we just didn't have enough about us, really. We didn't, we didn't create enough. I'm really concerned by the amount of chances we create from open play. We're seeing really reliant on set pieces. If they don't work, we, um, we don't create enough. Um, but at the same time, Wigan, they got the new manager bounce. Um, Colo Torre. We always seem to play teams, don't we, that, that have either just sat their manager or, or, or about to. And they're going to get the manager bounce. I think the weather and the conditions would have played into it. And if you look at a lot of the results in all of the the, the leagues yesterday, there were some funny results. So I think given, given that, it's a point we move on. What's more concerning for me is not just isolating yesterday's game, but it's actually the run of form. And if you take out a good half against Preston, um, I think Phil Clark made this point on Twitter earlier, we haven't actually been that that good in the last sort of four, five, six games. So that's more concerning for me. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think I think we need some attacking reinforcements, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was shown yesterday, wasn't he? Um, and a few of the players were, were, you know, fucking didn't look... Um, on form so uh, yeah no I agree so I was just looking to we've got a comment coming already from Danny um, and he says we were shit is there no attacking options in the under 21s we'll come back to your question in a sec Danny I mean Ben what was your thoughts on yesterday I think probably echoing what all the guys have said so far just disappointing really just was a bit lacklustre just it's kind of followed the theme of the last few weeks, as, as Chris just said, really. Um, and buying again, Fleming digging us out because it's not Pete around the bush. It's an unbelievable strike again from him. The technique is just ridiculous. I don't know how many, how many times I'm going to say that on the show. But yeah, yeah, it was just, I think all of us probably looked at it and went, it's a 
game that we wouldn't mind in terms of kicking us back into gear. All the games coming up now, walking at home, you think, get on the front foot of Steve. said, all the players keep making a point about how much they like playing at home. Yes, they've got a new manager, but I, I thought we'd win yesterday. I really did. Um, but yeah, just disappointing. Um, I, I didn't go, but from what the guys have said and seeing the extended highlights, it, it, it did seem as though, for, yeah, if we would have played anyone better than, than Wigan, that's no disrespect to them, but we would have come away with nothing, let alone a point. No, I totally agree. I mean, I suppose let's, if we're going to dig anyone out, Hutchinson, um, was it Hutchinson? Who had a, he didn't look, was it, was it Hutchinson? No, Hutchinson Visto. Who? Morris. Morris. Oh, Wallace. Oh, mate. He, he, um, and I don't like digging individuals out ever. And I voted for Murray Wallace player of the year last year. And if you was to ask him my favourite player is, I'd probably say Murray Wallace, but he was dire yesterday. Up against Callum Lang, he absolutely destroyed him. And why Gary Rowett did not bring Malone on, um, I don't know, because he could not have done any worse. He could not have done any worse. Um, Callum Lang's a very good player. We're, we're going to got some good players. Callum Lang, Max Power, Will Keane, very good at this level. Um, and they're not to be underestimated. But I don't know what's going on with Murray. I don't know if he needs to be dropped. I don't know if he doesn't suit playing in a back four anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, but just yeah, the, he was really poor. Just on the back of that, um, I was talking with Dad about it after the game yesterday. And the point that he'd raised with Murray Wallace is, do you think... Because Murray Wallace is such a he's, he's a seven out of ten every well, most weeks, seven out of ten reliable, does what it says on the tin. But as the championship is becoming, I think there's better players playing in the championship because they can't get games in the Premier League, so they have to. It filters into the championship. He's coming up against better players now, year on year. He's getting older. Um, you know, he's never been one with real pace for a left back. Do you, do you think it's perhaps that the, t- that the level of the championship and the level of the wingers in the championship is getting better and he's just at that 7 out of 10? It's never gonna, he's never going to go above that. doesn't usually drop below that. Do you think that's coming into it? Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's definitely an element of that uh, for sure because I think, again, no disrespect to Wigan, but I'd be very surprised if they're not in the bottom five or six come the end of the season. And... We're playing them and their wingers got him in his back pocket. So I think there is an element of that. The other thing as well, I think, with Murray Wallace is he's a very one-dimensional defender. And what I mean by that is, is that if you can figure him out as a winger, he must be quite easy to play against because he always, always, always gets tight. He gets touch tight to you. And if, and that's exactly why he got booked yesterday. So what happened was he got really touch tight to Callum Lang. He turned him, spun him, and he had no 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 choice but to pull him down. Then once he's on a card up against a pacey winger, you're always going to be in trouble because then he can't get too tight to you because he's on a booking. And I think if wingers figure that out, he's quite easy to play against. And as you said, Stephen, he's he's not he's very fit and athletic. And I think players always say he's like the you know the Iron Man or the Terminator because he's so fit. But he's not quick, and there's a difference. Um, and I think that showed yesterday, yeah. And I, just, I, just, just on Murray Wallace as well, I was going to say to him, just there's probably only I can count on one hand how many bad games he's had for us. Just a, a little bit of defence for him. I, I, as you said, I, I like I love. Well, I mean, he's brilliant. I love Muzza. So I wouldn't be too harsh on him to say there's not many games he hasn't been bad for us and on the flip side this is what you were saying Chris in terms of being a bit one dimensional am I wrong in saying when we got him Scumfort we got him from? Yeah, yeah. 
he was a centre half more than he was a mm-hmm. left back. So yep. I know he's been playing left wing back for or left back for us for a while now, so not really an excuse, but he is a centre half made left back. So that yeah. way of defending is is completely different. Just to just defend him a little bit, but I agree with everything you've, else you've said. No, you think. Sorry, it's not a it's not a case that like that I, I again I, I voted for Murray Wallace for uh, player of the season last year as well. I think he as I say he's he 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 doesn't let you down in terms of his effort and his application. He he is you know live or die by his defending. I think it's not a case of just digging out and it's all Murray Wallace's fault that we played badly yesterday. But when someone again I, like Chris, I don't like singling out the players because I think it's very difficult. You know, they don't purposely go out onto the pitch to have a bad game. Nobody does that. But when it's such highlighted that how much that their right winger that flag had joy against him, other teams are going to be looking at that going, right, okay, well, if he's in the team, if I guarantee if he's in, if Murray Wallace plays a left back next week at Luton, whoever Luton's right winger is, he's going to be on him like a rash straight away for ball one. <laughs> it, it could well be Fred. It could yeah. well be Fred. And we all know, I know he might not be the best player in, in the world, but he's got pace. And that's and that's the, the, the common denominator. So I, I'm not digging out Wallace and saying it's all his fault, but he he did have a bit of a stinker yesterday and, and it I mean, did show. I, I totally agree. I mean, look, I mean, Danny's comment, obviously, um, we were shit. Is there any attacking options in the under 21? We know there is, but I suppose it's the problem is, is Gary wanting to put the, un, you know, putting some of the under 21s into the first team potentially too early or not? Um, and maybe bed them in and, and get them training with them. And then, you know, I mean, look, Darren Swan, good evening, Darren and Danny. Um, if you are listening uh, and you want to get involved, it's fairly easy to do. You just need to get involved watching us on Facebook or uh, YouTube and you can get your comments straight to the, the panel um, in the studio. So um, this first part of the show, we're going to be doing Millwall and then uh, and then I'm going to post the, uh, the panel some difficult questions um, regarding... England just on that point that Darren's made there the first thing I say my dad couldn't go yesterday so I'd give him a call straight after the game the two things I said to him one if I was Tom Bradshaw I'd be going into the board and asking for a raise because he does so much sort of donkey work and running around and harrying and there was a point in the first half where he was ushering the team forward to try and help him with the press Fleming was with him but it, he's just he's so isolated in in, uh, in certain in certain um, instances he presses the defender or the goalkeeper and they can just knock it past him and the other fellow forgive me I can't remember his name who mentioned the other attacking players our best player Danny our best player yesterday for me was um, Mason Bennett. I thought Mason Bennett looked really, really good down the left hand side, put a couple of decent crosses across, and he was taken off. I don't understand. It, it, look, we know Bennett has injury problems, but he didn't. He didn't look injured. He looked fit. He looked pacey. He looked hungry. And I just thought it was a very strange decision to take off when you don't have many attacking options to take off one of your better players. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, but again, it seems to be that you know Gary and um, and Southgate seem to come from the the same um, school of I'm going to make changes and bring on substitutes, but I'm going to do it far too fucking late, 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 and uh, they won't be able to have any effects on the game 
but at least I've made the subs and people can't moan at me for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I mean, I think we've had nine out. I think we've had nine point six points, nine points out of eighteen games. I think six. I saw a tweet earlier from six out of eighteen. Yeah, six out of eighteen, and we, which realistically ain't good enough in this league. I mean, okay, we're lucky. Realistically, we are lucky this season that the league is all over its place, all over the place. But potentially, we could be a lot further down the table if other teams in this league had a bit more class about them. We could, but and I looked at this earlier. The four, the two teams above us and the two teams against us have lost, have lost four, five, six games in the last ten. We've lost two. So, yeah, I, I get the performances haven't been great, but that's the nature of the league. The league's going to be like that. You have to take advantage when you get on the runs, which we did. We we moved from sixteenth to sixth in the space of ten games or nine games because we lost against Blackburn after the break. So we've yeah. made it count to put ourselves in that position. Yes, we probably need to kick on, but Blackburn have lost nearly I think double figures after losing to Preston yesterday. The 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 the, the level of the championship is I don't want to say is its weakest that it's been for a while, but it's at its most fair. They're, apart from Burnley, who look like they're running away with it, anybody in this division, probably maybe excluding one or two that come up from League One, can make that top six. Well, just on that point as well, I mean, Coventry, two games in hand on 29. They win their two games now, I think they go fourth. And they're 16th for the minute or 15th, which is just nuts. Mm. It's Preston. so open. Take Preston. We beat them 4-2 away and then they go and absolutely stuff Blackburn that were second until a couple of games. The league's wide open and that's why, to your point, Stephen, that there's, I don't think the bottom four, five, six teams in this league are as, as bad as they have been. And I don't think the top four, five, six teams are as good as they have been. So everything's kind of squashed together. So you are going to get games like yesterday where, yes, it, it should be a banker and everything tells you that we should win, but it's going to be frustrating. And I don't necessarily think, as I say, if you isolate yesterday, that's the problem. The problem is over a longer period of time, the fact we couldn't break hold down, the fact that we lost to Huddersfield, it, it's the fact that we've not scored many goals. It, it's 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 more the form overall, I think, than yesterday. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, if you look at yesterday's numbers, right, we had 12 shots, six on target, 42% of the possession. We did 316 passes. Our pass accuracy weren't great, 67%. But we just couldn't fucking score for the life of us. Um, and, and we just didn't look as if really we were... We, we could have quite happily taken the game to Wigan, but we just didn't look as if we wanted to. It looks as if maybe we would, you know, been out on a piss um, in this World Cup break rather than, um, you know, be training and, and keeping yourself nice and heavy. They just didn't look as if they were up for that game yesterday at all. I know it was cold um, and probably didn't want to play because they wanted to go, you know, watch the England game, etc., etc., etc. same as most fans, but they just didn't seem to be up for it yesterday. Am I wrong or am I right? I just going back to what you previously said, Mickey, I think we're in a patch now as well. We're just about scoring and our form in general. I think we're in a patch now where if we do just miss out on the playoffs this year, we'll look back and go, is that what you said, Chris? 
we'll go. Couldn't break hold down. Birmingham, that they were as bad as as I've seen a Birmingham side this year. That was a horrendous game. Sunderland, all right, we'll just put a line through that. And then yesterday, genuinely, I think we'll look back and go, there's six points there left on the table. But if we just miss out on the playoffs for whatever reason, that, uh, yeah, we can look back on this patch and just go, we weren't good enough. I mean, it seems as if Gary's making a few of the right decisions lately. Um, and, you know, he's sticking with his back four. But it just seems to be that, I don't know. I suppose it's very similar to the England team, really, that we've got players what can perform, but they just don't seem to going out there and performing. Yesterday, I think it was a case of that it was the first game for a long, long time over the course of 90 minutes where you looked at our midfield and went, yeah, they weren't at it today. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Savile and Mitchell, again, it's not their fault, but there was a few occasions where we were watching the ball the, all the players were watching the ball rather than going to win the ball. And Wigan come away with it a few times. And it, I'm not saying, that, that, again, that they were hungrier or, or whatnot. Maybe their players were looking to impress their new manager because they want to get in the, their first team for the next game and the next game. But in recent wins and recent good performances, Mitchell and Savile have been bang on it, like, all the way through. And yesterday, they just were a little bit off the pace. Who knows what that, that reason was. But I mean, it really showed... No, I agree with you. But, I mean, let's not take it away from that goal, though. I mean, that was fantastic, um, you know, chested down from Bradshaw. First take on a volley from Fleming. Cracking um, bit of action. Danny Mack throws it in. You know, Bradshaw chests it down and Fleming takes it on the volley, straight in, goal, easy peasy. Um, that was a great little teamwork exercise and scored a goal. But that is where we should have then kicked on and potentially scored another or two and taken taken the three points. But for some whatever no whatever reason, we didn't. And you level at half time, you always fancy us in the second half, like attacking towards that end. It's just it's just our thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, um you know, and then, and then Vogie missed the chance, didn't he, in the first half? I can't remember if it was 1-1 at that stage or whether it was still 1-0 down. But Vogie missed a good chance. But in the second half, unless I'm, as I said on my chat earlier, I'd had quite a few beers during the game, so my memory is not uh, the best. But I don't remember us having too many clear-cut chances, to be honest. But in, so we, we had lots of, you know, if you talk about sort of Gary that likes to talk about sort of balls in areas and, and, and you know... Um, I guess having possession in areas, but we didn't actually have that many clear-cut chances. And I think you, you look at the bench, and the only attacking threat we had on. I'm sorry, Honeyman's not forward attacking player for me. We'll, maybe we'll come on to that. But then you have Bury, and that was it. Now, whilst yes, we do need to invest to the point that one of the fellas said in the chat, why not put Romain SA on the bench? Why not put... Where's Alafe? No idea. Like, I would rather have a younger attacking person on the bench than, than a load more defenders. Like, what, why is Shackleton going to come on and positively influence the game from an attacking standpoint? I just don't get it. And I understand Gary's... You know, Gary always comes out and says, these youngsters need to do... They need to understand that off-the-ball work before, you know, I'm happy to throw him in. And he always talks about that. He talks about it with Essay and he talks about it with Abdul Malik. And I understand that if you're trying to defend a lead because then it's important 
when you're trying to inflict damage on another team, that goes out the window because you're trying to win the game. So I don't get, in absence of having other options on the bench with Fogu being injured and us being short of options, why not have one of these younger players on the bench? I don't understand it. I don't know what you guys think. I totally agree with you. The only thing I can think of, um, and it's very, it is whether you believe it or not, but is Rowett sort of looking at the board and going, look where I've got us. This is what I've got. I need investment in January. I need because he come off, he come out, didn't he? And his one of his comments was about having moaning about a lack of attacking options on the bench. Yeah, the board might say you've got him in the under twenty ones, and Rowell can go back and say they've not got first team experience. But is he? Is that the only thing I can think of? Is it's a sign to say to the board, give, let me, let me invest in January. We've got the a reported a fella from. Um, fellow from Ireland come in but he's going to need more than that uh, that's the only thing that's the only thing I can think of as to why you wouldn't put one of those kids on the bench because I agree with Chris yeah they might not be able to defend and they might not be able to chase back but when it's 1-1 at the den and you need three points who cares yeah, you want exactly. someone to get in behind and put the ball in the back of the net if, if he is playing that game that is a risky game to be playing because if JB does turn around and go sorry Gary no funds you've got to deal with it then you're gonna then, you, then you're, he's gonna be looking back going why have I not had the young lads on the bench I might as well taking a chance in those games right so if he is playing that game yeah it's a dodgy one to be playing in my opinion I mean it's nothing to suggest it's just the only it's the only reason I can think of that why you wouldn't put those kids on the bench yeah no I do agree I do agree but I well, yeah the other reason is and I, I I would bet my last pound that this is the reason is he's, he's more scared of losing the game than he is going to win it. Yeah. So therefore, at 1-1, he would rather draw 1-1 than lose 2-1 at home to Wigan by taking that gamble and taking that risk and putting someone on. Well, I, I was going to say, yeah. Chris, you're 100%. That's it, right? That is, that is he's so risk-averse. Oh, it? He, he's don't lose first and then try and win the game. And that, that's, that's why he's not chucking the kids on or whatever, because he, he'd rather take a point. Yeah. But I, and, and I'm not being disrespectful to Honeyman because I think he does bring other things and I don't think we've quite found out how to use him properly yet. But I would rather have that SA come on than Honeyman on the right wing yesterday. Like, I just... I'm sure most fans would, to be honest. It's a bit, a bit different. Admittedly, Bury come on, he didn't have much of an impact on the game. I think he put one ball across, but that was it. But it wasn't really enough space for him down that left-hand side. But... Yeah, we definitely. It was a bit overcrowded, wasn't it, down that left hand side with people slagging him off, saying, "Oh, what's he bringing all that?" The kid's good. I think he's just still learning. I think you know we're going to have to put up with that for a little bit and and yep. see where we go. But I mean, MSC eight and eighty five has come up with um, we'd be twenty third without Fleming's goals. Something like really didn't. What, it? what? But what would the stat have been without Wallace's goals? over the last couple of seasons this is it's exactly the same thing we've got one star player that's scoring all of our goals so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, and then we've been in the same position the Bermondsey Burkamp Millwall yeah well done there Danny um, right I think we I think pretty much Millwall we can come back to in a little bit but I think we've pretty much gone round the houses with Millwall um, I've got some questions what I want to throw at you all especially before um, Benjamin runs off um, in a little bit, and uh, and we just really go on to there. So then, England yet again um, broke our hearts, uh, led us with false hope. Um, regardless of what you say, 
<laughs> we didn't win. Whether or not you can say, oh, well, we performed well, we did well, you know, that's performing well and winning a game. We didn't win, we lost. Um, and we're out. And my question to you three for now, and then we'll we're, we're go on with the debate from there, is, is Harry Kane a world striker, a world-class striker? Is Harry Kane a world-class striker? Yes. Yeah, I'm not even, not even questioning that 100%. Really? You think he is? Yeah. Missing yeah. one penalty doesn't make him a bad player, is my view. Because I'd, I'd flip it on the other way, Mickey, and say how many times has he dragged us through games? So you're saying he's a world-class striker for England or a world-class striker overall? Both. Uh, obviously for England and for Spurs. I, yeah, for me, there's probably only Lewandowski probably at club level, betting him as a number nine. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't swap him for anyone. I don't think last night defines him at all. I don't think the penalty defines him. I just think that, you know... Surely a world club world cup striker would have scored more goals in the World Cup than what he did this season or this this championship. I think it's more of a case though. Do I I think just to echo what the guy said, I think Harry Kane, when playing as a striker, is a world class striker. But how many times does Harry Kane go back in an England shirt and now admittedly does it a bit in a Spurs shirt and he's playing as like this quarterback style midfielder on the on the halfway line because he can pick a pass yes he can pick a pass but I think the reason why he's not scored the goals that maybe he could have or should have is the fact that he he comes so deep for the ball he's not playing as a striker he's not the only the, the one time he showed a bit of quality in the box he turned the defender and he was unlucky not to lift it over Lloris that's where Harry Kane should be not 40-50 yards from goal totally agree with you I think you know but you can go down that line with a lot of um, South Korea. Let's let's start then on on and see where you stand on um, on the England loss last night. Um, we're disappointed to a degree, I suppose. I mean, I'm more club than than country, to be fair. And I don't ever think that England's necessarily going to do something. Um, they're normally always there to disappoint at some point in a tournament. Um, it's just what I've grown up with all my life. Slightly older than you boys, I've seen quite a few of these, and um, and it, and it happens quite a lot. Um, we'll go with you, Ben, because you you're going to run in a minute as such. But your thoughts on England last night and, and England in the tournament? Then, uh, in general, last night genuinely gutted. Um... I am club over country as well, but I do love going to England. Been a, been away from a bit. Um, just yeah, I was really gutted last night. More so because pretty much what Gary Neville and Wrighty had said. I thought for the first time we'd actually played well against the top team. Um, the tournament in general. Look, we haven't played anyone in the group stages. I get people say it was the hardest group on paper by FIFA rankings, but let's be honest, we didn't play anyone. They're all farmer teams. So don't read anything into that. The Senegal game, I was a little bit concerned about the first 30 minutes because I thought, again, if we had played a decent side, we would have been 2 or 3-0 down. Or if Mane had even been playing, we might have struggled. Um, yeah, I was gutted last night. I really critical of Southgate during this time and I, uh, pretty much basically what we said about very similar to Rowett. I think his substitutions at time 
at times frustrate me and I feel feel like he should go in different directions. But look, he's so methodical. I think I've seen that and learned that through this tournament that for the last what, 18 months, really, he's had this game in mind, knowing that we probably would play France in the quarterfinals. But my big concern now with England since he's been in charge is our three big games, the most important games, Croatia, Italy and France. We just haven't won any of them. Italy was one of the worst performances I've ever seen considering how, how we took the lead, a home tournament, basically, um, home final. And then last night, as well as we played, we still haven't found a way to get it over the line. And Roy Keane said it last night, good teams just find a way. And that's exactly what France did. It's basically their B team in terms of the players that they're missing, but they just found a way to beat us. And no matter how good we are or will be, I struggle and find, I... I don't know how we're going to get out of this mentality of just always slipping up or not being able to win those games. That's my big concern. But yeah, I was gutted last night. Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I said before we come on, every every year I have a bet with my mates when or whenever the Euros World Cup comes along, they're going to win it. And it's cost me a fortune over the years. But this time I didn't. I had no expectations. I, I, I was a little bit more reserved. I was. I didn't know really how if we were going to be shaky at the back or, or what you know what, who was going to play and, and if Southgate after the um, Nations League if, if we were going to be able to turn that around. But last night, I think you said something earlier, Mick, and it, it's very true. And last night England played very well, but. I couldn't care less really about the fact that we were the better team. We lost. Football's a, football is a win or lose situation, you, especially knockout football. There's a winner and there's a loser. And unfortunately, England are just coming up as losers at the moment. And that might sound really harsh and it might sound that, you know, being negative and people are saying it's a bright future, it's a bright future. We've got a generation of players. We had a generation of players, in two, I think it was 2010. Someone posted a picture of the, the, the team in 2010 that was, was an unbelievably talented squad. Beckham, Gerrard, uh, Terry, Ferdinand, Rooney. Unbelievable players again they didn't achieve anything at the moment these players haven't achieved anything and I, I, I really think it was a kick in the teeth for England as a country the supporters the staff that this was their time to really really be a big nation and they didn't do it and it's, 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 it's is, break again <clears throat> but they didn't do it the problem is I don't think that this England team over the last couple of years, maybe maybe in the time that Gareth has been there, we've actually come up against many top teams. We played a few. We played Italy, we played Germany, etc. But we've not come up against the 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 big, you know, teams, maybe a handful of teams who, you know, you would class as great performing teams. And we've not been tested. You know, anyone can go out and win 5-0 against fucking San Marino or go out and beat Wales or go out and beat, you know, the smaller teams as such. But we've not been playing the teams like, you know, Brazil, Argentina, France. You know, yes, we play Germany, but Germany is nowhere near the team what it used to be. And, you know... Out of how many how many odd games we played, I don't know, maybe 24, 25 games. I reckon we probably played four, maybe five. 
top teams out of there. I just don't think we've got. I don't think we've got the credentials when we play big teams. I just think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mickey. It's, that's exactly it. I think everyone gave Southgate so much credit for getting us to a semi-final, but there's no one in that run-up of teams that we played getting there that I wouldn't expect us to beat. And exactly the Absolutely. same. Exactly the same now. And that, that is my only concern with us and with Southgate is, as I said, the three big games for me. Well, I would put Germany in there as well, but they're not as good as they were. We've seen that in this World Cup. Everyone said it's the worst Italian team that anyone's ever seen and we still couldn't beat them in the final. So that's my big concern. Every time we have played someone ranked similar to us or better than us, we just can't beat them. And as you said, there's no good beating San Marino 5-0 and beating Wales. And it's just well, it's just a waste of time, isn't it? I mean, we beat Poland 2-1 back in 2021. We beat Albania 2-0, you know, but we've not had pure pedigree to be tested um, and we've got, I mean, I saw something the other day that our team potentially on paper is like worth over a billion pound. You've got, you know, these players are fucking, they are mustard. Let's not, you know, the likes of Bellingham and, you know, as you said, Kane, Rashford, Pickford, etc., etc. We can go on and name the whole team. They are class individuals, what anybody would want in their team. I think our 11 is better than what France had to, that they put out yesterday. So like, why didn't we win? Because, well, we've, we've all said it, we, we can't win games when they matter, big games when they matter. Because I, oh, I, I think Southgate fucked up. Why bring people... Come in the first half, the, the, the start of the second half, we were starting to cause them problems. Their back four looked as if France's back four, not ours. France's back four started to look a bit fucking tired, a bit, you know, having enough. That's the time with 30, 40 minutes, maybe 40 minutes to go, that's when we suddenly bring Grealish on, we bring fucking Rashford on, uh, and we go for it. And Southgate is very similar to Rowett. He doesn't want to lose a game, but he doesn't want to fucking win it either. He doesn't want to take that risk of going all out. It was a quarter final. It was win, lose or bust. Who gives a fuck? Just we're going to go win this. And if you would have put Grealish, Rashford and went massively attack, that was it. Why was Phil, I mean, Phil Foden, did he do anything yesterday? Okay. but And I mean, why would you bring Mason, you know, mate, um, yeah, what's his name? Mate, he is Mason, um, Mason Mount. Mate, That's Mason, it, Mason right. Mount. Okay, he won us a penalty. But would you bring him on? No. Um, and I am um, controversial or not, because I know everyone loves Foden. Um, I no. said earlier, I don't know what he did this tournament, to be honest. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't let me let me rephrase that. I do see it, but I don't see him being like this new oracle. Of English football, I think Bellingham's twice the player. It's just, just an opinion. But oh, the- oh, Bellingham, we'll come on to Bellingham a bit later on. I mean, that guy is pure class. I mean, I think personally, I think Phil Foden's biggest achievement this World Cup was pouring fucking tea all over a table in a Nike advert. I don't want to. I'm not seeing that. <laughs> 
I, where gonna... all of a sudden his nan gets teleported and Knight didn't teleport him to play against some of the old legends of, you know, Ronaldo, um, Ronaldinho, etc., etc. So even Knight don't class him as a good enough player to fucking come in against them. They brought his nan instead. So he says something, did it? To be fair to Foden, I, I think Foden is a real good player. I, I am a fan of his. And Guardiola. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Who is arguably one of the best managers in, in, in world football has rated him as high up as Messi, what he sees in training. So there is a player in there. I agree with Chris. I think this tournament, as much as I've ra- I rate Foden, I don't think he's done enough. He hasn't done enough to show or to put himself on the world stage. Um the, the, the point I, uh, what I was going to ask the guy, guys and, and maybe anyone who's watching at home is, for me, Southgate's biggest mistake, the biggest problem was Raheem Sterling. Now, he loves, he likes loyalty. That's why Maguire was playing. That's why Sterling... But Maguire performed. No, he, Maguire he, kept us in the game with three or four, you know, life-saving headers. Listen, Sterling was great a couple of years ago. He's not great now. He's, he's definitely not the same player he was. Plus, he's probably his head's all over the place through flying back to England, sorting Saka his family, making sure his family is. Huh? Saka was our best player yesterday. And he was, Absolutely. He was and was why take him off? Sterling. He was taken off of Sterling because Sterling, he goes back to the loyalty. This is what I was going to say. It, it was the wrong call. That's what South, That's where Gareth Southgate fails as a manager because he puts loyalty over the situation in the game. The situation in the game to take it, keep Saka on, get Grealish on the pitch, get Rashford on the pitch and go for it. But instead, he went back to Sterling's uh, uh, never let me down in the past. I'm going to be loyal to him. And that's where it went wrong because Saka was absolutely... Uh, uh, he was one that I was a bit unsure on. Not anymore. He as he at that the, his performance last night was incredible, and he didn't deserve to be taken off. We made Mbappe look like a standard player, mate. He didn't look mm-hmm. unbelievable, world class yesterday. I mean, you know where Carl Walker was sitting back and, and weren't necessarily going forward too much. It was closing down every opportunity, uh, and we looked as if we could have we could have taken that game quite happily if there was a little bit of freedom to be able to to go for it. And I just don't think... I mean, I don't know. Am I talking bollocks? I mean, those of you watching at home, I mean, get involved in the comments and let us know. But uh, I just think that rather than it was a game that we didn't win through 
unluckiness, I think it was a game we didn't want to win. The manager just didn't want to fucking... He wanted to be able to go there this morning in the press and go... Do you know what? We tried our best through the tournament. Um, we've come forward as a team. We're a lot further forward than where we've been before, you know, as a as a team spirit, as a team bonding, blah, blah, blah. Rather than going in and seeing the tabloid editors and, you know, the Barney Runes, the, the, the Charlie Winter, all of that lot of going... Why did you go for it and lose? Do you know what I mean? You 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 went to attacking and left us open. Blah blah blah. He didn't want that that side of the discussion. You know, he wanted it all to be potentially maybe about him rather than the players. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, what I mean, I would say Mike's got a good point there. Yeah, that I was going to say. That's the that's the biggest problem, and that's the, the similar thing with Rowett. How many times do you see the bigger, the big nations, the real big nations? Your Brazil, I know Brazil are out, and Argentina, and you've got, um, you know, countries like Portugal with the talent of their squad. Their centre halves aren't knocking the ball to each other three, four, five times, and then it goes out to the fullback. They are putting it into their creative midfielders, and they're trying to find passing lanes. They're trying to find players making a run in behind. For us, you've got you've got Harry Maguire and and John Stones who are, are crying out for a little bit of movement and all they get is maybe Declan Rice showing to, to give them a, a, a smaller pass. It is very slow. It is very pedestrian. And and I think that, that comes from the manager. I'm not... Look, Gareth Southgate has turned us... He has got has been more successful as other managers, so we can't just, you know, throw him under the bus. But it's cautious first. And in knockout football... As someone put, someone commented, goals win games. And how'd you get yeah, that was, by attacking? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was Mike as well. I mean, he just come back with there and said, we're just like, you know, Mill and England are very, very similar style. Do you know what I mean? With the managers, which I I 100% agree with. I mean, Chris, what's your, your thoughts? I'm just checking something to see, because I think possibly he won't... He didn't play. Um, Rice didn't play yesterday, did he? Yeah, yeah. he did. Um, I think oh, was in there. there. There are definitely similarities between Millwall and England. A lot of them. I think the difference is, I genuinely thought we played really well yesterday, England. I thought we were a better team, and we deserved to win the game. Genuinely, I did. And I don't often feel like that about Millwall. <laughs> when we've lost very rarely do we lose a game and I've gone you know what we played really really well there and we were, we're unlucky we were the better team that doesn't happen very often do I think Southgate made mistakes 100% he he brought two wrong players on at the wrong time yes alright Mount won us the penalty um, but you can never say that because it's all situational because in theory if you'd have brought Grealish on he could have won a penalty earlier on so you, you can't you can't say that Um we can all sit here and say Saka shouldn't have gone off, but you don't know what you don't know. He might have had a knock. He may have run out of steam. You, you, you just don't know. There's so much data in football that, that shows stuff. We, we, we can't sit here and say that. But um, I think what Southgate's done is he's, he's made us perform very close to our abilities. Um, but, and, and he's brought, there's, there's no doubt those players play for him. There is no doubt the, the squad harmony and the balance in the group and um, they all they, they all respect him. There's no doubt about that in my mind at all. 
he has brought that back to the to the to the team, and, and I am grateful for it. But and I don't know who was it earlier. But is he the right man? And at the moment, the evidence would suggest no to win these big these big games, these big moments in 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 big tournaments. The question I ask you two is: if he's not, who is? So who would you? If it was time pro- to take back to him, who would you bring in? The problem you've got is, uh, unfortunately, there isn't. There, is, let's be honest, there isn't an English manager um, who's good enough to take on the England team, um, and I think that's the problem. That again, we're going to have to go probably international, which you don't necessarily want to go to. I mean, I don't think. Gareth Southgate should get the sack and leave the setup of England. I think personally he needs to remain doing something within the England setup because of what he's done over the last eight years compared to, you know, when we had the Golden Boys there with, you know, the Gerrards, the Lampards, um, the Beckhams, etc., etc. There was a, you know, it was a, a, a club mentality where people used to sit you know Man United over there or you know Everton over there and Tottenham over there and etc 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 as in now it's well we're England players it's not oh well I play for Man U I play for Man City I play for this it's first and foremost when we're in England camp we are England players which is absolutely phenomenal what he's done but can he step up and get us to a final, to win a final in, you know, playing against great teams. I mean, listen, I I don't think France is going to go on to the final. I think, honestly, I think Morocco um, will turn them over and I think that Croatia will turn over the other. I can see it being a Morocco-Croatia final, which if you, you know, before you par-par it, if you think about it, that would be absolutely fantastic as a kick in the nuts to FIFA to have those two in it because they would want the final with France versus Argentina or um, yeah, it's Argentina. Yeah, they, they'd want um, that final rather than a Croatia Morocco. But as a neutral and as what you saw what it meant to Morocco to win that game and the way that they came back over games and the way that Croatia, I would much prefer and hope that I reckon Morocco versus um, Croatia next Sunday is, is a massive chance because we could have beaten France. This was, this was our tournament, same as this is our season, to potentially make a dive at the Prem. This was our season. This was our tournament where we could have absolutely made something happen. But again, we fucking failed. We don't do it because we haven't got that little bit about us in that final bit. I'm not saying we were shit last night because we weren't. We were okay. We made a few little mistakes and let them get in. Why they scored, you know, that's why... France is dangerous, you know, Gerard and people like that, what's his name, um, who, who scored, they're class players. You can't give them an inch. But when they were getting the ball, coming up to the second goal, we did not close him down quick enough. We gave him too much space, too much respect, and he basically turned us bang in. And that was through bodies where he just stuck the ball in and it went in. And that's the problem. You know, if you've got a manager who don't necessarily want to go all out attack... 
and play a bit defensive, then unfortunately the team's going to play defensive, isn't they? Do you think? Do you think that there was this? Uh, it was a lot of the talk, even last week on the pod, we were talking about Mbappe and how Mbappe, you know, his best thing since I spread. Yeah, he's a good footballer, but as you say, Carl Walker did an absolute job on him. I think mean, it was once where there was a foot race and Mbappe beat him, but he'd come to nothing. But do you not think that the focus was so much on Mbappe? Griezmann absolutely, when France had the ball, Griezmann run the show for him. He absolutely run the show for him. He put the ball in for the second goal. In the first half, I thought he looked really dangerous in the pocket. So all the focus was on Mbappe, but they forgot... They forgot that they. That's what they I would have done though. If I was, if I was a French manager, before we went out, my my pre-game talk would be to Mbappe and just say, right, Mbappe, what you're going to do this game is you're just going to get yourself tied up with their players. Keep pulling their players apart. Just keep pulling them out. Yeah. When you don't think you're going to get ball, make a run. Bring them out. Just keep them following you all game. And then while you do that. We've got two other players there, mate, what are going to fucking cause the damage. And pretty much, that's what they did. And that's that's exactly the way I would play it. And and that's good management because, as I say, I I thought it was a little bit embarrassing that there was so much talk about Mbappe. So much talk. You know, I think Carl Walker come out and it was the best quote prior to the game. It was... He was asked the question and he turned around and went, hold on a minute, it's not England v Mbappe, it's England v France. We, we have to deal with them as a team, not just one player. Which, yeah, Mbappe was marked out of the game, but I think I think that had played into France's hand before the game had even started. As you say, he, he Mbappe did nothing, but he didn't need to. And the French manager was probably licking his lips when every time, as you say, Mbappe went was on the touchline and all the England players were thinking, oh, he's going to beat us, he's going to beat us. And Griezmann just stood in the middle and went, right, I've got acres of space I can do what I want and, and ultimately put in the cross for for, for Giroud um, on the subject of the manager so firstly we're not putting Gary Rowett's name forward for the England job to, uh, to, to to lead us in the next in the next here's a question for you would you swap Rowett for Southgate no not that this would ever happen no 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 right so be careful what we wish for Gary <laughs> those of you those of you watching, do you want to answer Chris's theoretical or um, hypothetical question? Would you swap Rowett for Southgate? Uh, let's see your comments. I think I know the way they're going to go. I don't but, um, on that. I, I wouldn't. They're both they're the same player. They're both, they both come from the same school of, of coaching. Listen, I'm not saying... I think Southgate, as a people person... Is fantastic. If you look at what's he been in charge now? Eight years, I think. Uh, six years because wasn't it Euro sixteen that Hodgson we lost to Iceland? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, so I think it was. I think it's. I don't know. But anyway, right? Say six, yeah. maybe eight, whatever it is. Right? What he's done since he's come in is unbelievable because he's taken all the media away from caning the players like they always do before tournaments, after tournaments, etc., etc. He's taken all that away and you can't fault him for that. They've got a great PR set up now. They're actually doing stuff where they're interacting. I mean, you know, the guys, in fact, the guy, I think one of the guys used to be at Millwall who does the, um, you know, the line, the, the line stuff at uh, England behind 
Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's ex-Millwall, isn't he? But, it, uh, I think it's Jim Lucas, isn't it? I think it is, yeah, yeah, I think it is. But what they do is fantastic. They, they've created, rather than being, oh, I'm an England player, I'm fucking X amount of million pounds a year, you know, when I play for my club, to... I'm just the same as you, and you know, I'm just the same as you. It's just I've a bit of luck in my life. Very, very, very relatable, yeah. which is fantastic. But doesn't win tournaments. Well, no, it doesn't. But again, nor does you look at yesterday. Why the fuck? I mean, I, I listened to this earlier on the radio, right? And this fella was, this commentator was on the fellow and went, Yeah, but you don't realise that when they're playing a the game and they bring subs on, especially through the. Um, through the World Cup that there's a board next to the dugouts what basically tells them how many minutes are being tied up so you can have a look so when he brought on um, Grealish and, and Sterling and Rashford and all that he knew that there was probably still 20 minutes left even though he brought them on in the 78th 80th minute rather than us lot thinking well there's only about 10 minutes left I mean one of the I think Grealish he brought on for 90 seconds or whatever but he, they can seal that and I, and I was you know sitting there going same as this other fellow on the radio and he's going but that don't matter you're not you know regardless the game's going to end in 10 minutes the extra time you don't know how long it's going to be why would you bring someone on for 10 minutes I mean if I if I was a substitute it's going to take me 5-10 minutes to get myself into the game let alone suddenly hit the ground running and try and be in it within, within the first 5-10 minutes it just ain't going to fucking happen I think in the league season, going back to Rowett and numbers and, and perhaps um, likening Saka to Mason Bennett, I think um, Chris touched on it. We don't know to what extent if Saka's got a knock, if he's tired. If Same with Bennett yesterday. I was moaning that he was taken off earlier than he should have been. And in a, but in a league campaign, when you might, you, if you lose a player for, if you're out, if you lose a player and they're out for the season, that could be your season over. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you lose your big players. But in knockout football, statistics, passing possession, things like that, I don't think it really matters. You have to play the situation, and I, I think I think Southgate got caught up in in um, not playing the situation. He got caught up in, as you say, his philosophy, you know, don't lose the game, don't go all out attack. But sometimes in knockout football, you've just got to go sod it. But oh, no, we could talk about this if we're burning the face. Reckon, you know? No, no. One sec, one sec, Chris, one sec. Just come to a point. Your question, what you put out there, uh, Mike said <laughs> no. Um, Gary said, I thought they were the same person. Never seen something why I said last week on the show. I said, has anyone ever seen Gary Rowett and um, Gareth Southgate in the same room together? Um, and Ken Clark um, agrees with Mike. It's a big fat no. So, you know, there. So, go on, Chris, what you got? No, I was just going to say, I think you could have probably asked 100 England fans with 20, 25 minutes to go, whatever the time was, what two subs would you bring on to change the game now? And I guarantee you, not a single England fan would have said Mason Mount no. And, no, and don't get me wrong. You know, if if that had then worked, and, and you know, if if uh, Harry Kane had scored that penalty, and then we'd gone on to win the game, then we could all have sat here and gone eating humble pie and said that's why we're not England managers and Gareth Southgate is. But it didn't, and you are then judged by your decisions, as all managers are, and results. And no one would have picked that. I think almost everyone would have picked Rashford and Grealish. 
Mm-hmm. I would if love... If you were going to make subs, if you were going to make subs. I would... So, I, I would... I would... Um, I'll come back to you, Chris. Not you, Chris. Christopher and uh, Christopher Ballard on the chat in a sec. Um, yeah, evening, guys. You're all right, fella. Um, right. I would love one of these techie stat people, blah, 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 to actually do a, a simulation of bringing Grealish and Rashford on on about 55, 60 minutes and seeing what that would have done. Because I think we would have overpowered them massively. They wouldn't have been able to deal with the place. We can have, I mean, there's, I think there's five subs, same in, in the England setup in there. I think there is as well as there is in, in the league. I think there's there's four, three, five. Mm. We, we could we have realized on 54 minutes. Yeah. They scored on 78. So you've got a period of time there. Where... That's where we were starting to go, though, wasn't it? We, we suddenly, when we come back for the first, second half, we started then up in our game and we started to really take it to them. They, we, we looked as if we were starting to win parts of it. We were starting to look as if we were getting on top. Mm. And then when we scored that goal, that's when the changes should have come in and carried on that momentum from the goal we'd scored because it's got the crowd on us. All of a sudden, then is when we needed to go because it, it football's all about atmosphere and you know it's all about confidence and everything else. All of a sudden, you've got Rashford, who's what scored four goals, I think, in this tournament mm, on early enough to well. have a go, and he's rapid. You've got Grealish, who to me. It is is like Gaza. Do you know what I mean? He just wants to get that ball to the right person and get a ball in the in the back of the net. And and he's dangerous. He looks to me like a proper footballer. His legs, his the way he has his socks, everything else. He just looks to me like a proper old school footballer. And we waited far too late. One thing I would ask you guys your opinion on is again if Gareth if if he's looking at stats and things like that. One, what was the point in bringing James Madison, who has got the most goal contributions by a midfielder, I think an English midfielder, leading into the tournament? And he was bullied uh, into it. Yeah, he was bullied he didn't into want it. 100%. Because, no, he didn't, want, he didn't want to bring him, but he had to because the media would have gone absolutely bonkers about it. But secondly, again, in a one-off game, you've got a bloke... I'm not James Madison's biggest fan. I'm not. I think Grealish is, is a better player. But, again, the numbers don't lie. If you're looking at stats and you're looking for someone to create a chance or score a goal and you've got someone on the bench who's got the numbers he has over the last couple of years, why not bring him on? Out of all of them, why not bring... If, if you're so worried about using stats, go with the tried and trusted, who's created the most chances, who's got the most assists, and he sat on the bench and not played a minute. I'll tell you why he ain't coming. It's because he pissed fucking Southgate off a few seasons ago with the casino incident, I think it was, when they were supposed to be chilling and he went out. And it, it basically blew up from there. And the only reason he took him is because Gareth didn't want the fucking press all over him going into the game. And then... You know, everyone would sit there and go, well, you didn't take Madison because if we'd have lost yesterday and Madison weren't there, regardless if he played or he didn't play, at least this way, he didn't play, he can take it and go, well, we did bring him, but, you know, I had other players what I thought could change the game. He can, he can bullshit his way out of that. But, but if that. you hadn't have taken him and we'd lost, it would have been, 
well, if you had ever Madison, Madison there, Madison would have been able to do this. He might be unhappy with him with a casino issue, and I, I know Mason Greenwood was part of this, and obviously we know what's happened with him. But didn't weren't Greenwood and Foden done on England duty for having? Oh lockdown, yeah, those brasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or the So I don't think they were brasses, but so, I think he had so a couple of girls the in difference, there. What's the difference between Foden upsetting him, but Foden getting game time, and Madison upsetting him, and Madison not getting game? There, there isn't. It. I don't understand it. As I say, I don't think Madison would have been the answer to all of our problems. But even with 15 minutes to go, you need a goal. Why not? Who does Madison? Lose? Madison plays for Leicester. Leicester. You see, would you? You see, that's the thing. He wouldn't fuck Foden off because of who Foden plays for. But Leicester in the England setup with other players, it don't really matter, does it? Again, though, if this is if this if he's brought in a mentality where we're all England players, it don't matter who you play for, and you don't sit with your Man United on the Man United table, and you don't have your Chelsea table. If you've got if you've got an England setup, that shouldn't matter who he plays for because they're England players. You can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose when that applies. Christopher Ballard's got a good point there. Why bring Sterling on when he hardly trained all week and I bet yeah, Madison is training 100%. every day? I agree 100%. I mean, there's, there's a deeper thing there. We're not nowhere near connected, but there's a deeper question there. Rashford for me. Rashford's the one... Because Madison, as much as we may... And I agree, I, I would have given him some minutes in the tournament. And, yeah, absolutely. But the, the, the one I don't get, and I don't see how Southgate could even justify an answer is is Rashford like why do you bring Sterling on over Rashford when Rashford is playing with full of confidence he's been you know come on and, 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 and impacted games already like they they were they were shit scared of Saka you know like I, I just I just that is the one I don't get and I'm not a Sterling hater by any any stretch of the imagination I'm not but I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have brought him on. It, it makes no sense to Christopher's point. He couldn't. He couldn't have even been fully fit. And even if he was fit, I know if my family had their ass broken into, I it wouldn't. I wouldn't be. Uh, no. There's no way I'd be in the game. No way. No. It's the loyalty, though, isn't it? It's the loyalty. He Southgate puts a big thing on players who he has trust in, but there's other factors. Like you play the game. The game was played a week after Raheem Sterling's house was broken into. So you play the situation uh, that you, look, we don't know how that's affected Sterling and, and he might be commended for going back to, to Qatar, but perhaps he should have stayed at home. Perhaps uh, that conversation should have been had that, look, we, we don't think you're quite right for it, but because he was there, he's looked at the bench and gone, Oh, uh, you know, the loyalty's playing on his mind. That's why Sterling was brought. I don't agree with it, but that's why he was brought on. All right, we're going to end in a minute. We're going to end very shortly. But here's a question for you two boys then. Should Kane have taken that second goal, that second penalty? Yes. Because if you you talk about, you know, Southgate wanting to not have the media and face questions from the media... If you if Harry Kane is the penalty taker, he's he's quite a good from the penalty spot. He scored the first one. If you'd have taken that second one off of him, then it would have been a miss. God forbid. Absolutely, that's, that's oh, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you on that. That if he'd have, if he'd have not taken that and whoever took it had missed, then they would have been absolutely slaughtered. Like I, I don't I don't not think that Harry Kane is 
going to be mortified that he skyrocketed that ball um, unbelievably. But, you know, I think there was more things to play yesterday. Uh, you know, it's a bit like, and I'm going to bring Millwall into this as well, it's a bit like the conspiracy that Millwall will never get to the Premiership because we'll always get shit, shit refs. And I think it's pretty much with England as well that that ref we had yesterday, personally, I don't think he should have been at the World Cup. I don't think he was great. And I don't think realistically that in England, I don't think he could probably referee anything above maybe second, third division. I think he was absolutely fucking shocking. And the only reason we got that second penalty was because there was bods in the VAR room saying, that's a penalty, mate. You need to give it. Because realistically, I think the card was right. I know we were screaming at a red card, but realistically, he wasn't. He wasn't really on for. A, he wasn't the last player with that player on a on a goal tacking um, prowess as such. So you know, it wasn't necessarily a red, but that was just a blatant foul. That wasn't anything else. Yeah, <laughs> Chris is just Chris has just come in and went. Yeah, that ref would be our next ref at home. <laughs> the, the, difference, the difference with Millwall in England, you talk about the refs and, and the conspiracies and things like that. On the world stage with VAR, you can't get away with... He, he couldn't get away, as you said, VAR. No, but what I'm saying is, is that VAR... Our first penalty. Our first penalty attempt when Saka got fucking blatantly, you know, right thigh into the hip to knock him out basically, to knock him out of the game. That could have gone to VAR. It didn't, and he just allowed it to play on. If that ball had gone in, we would have been 1-0 up. I think it was. It would have been 1-0 up. Or, or, or one Is that when they went on and scored from? Are you talking about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was I a foul. Agree. It was a foul, and it was... I don't know. I can't remember if it was a penalty or not. I can't remember, but it was a foul. But we still had 40 seconds to defend better. So absolutely, and we and, and if, if if it had given the foul, then that forty seconds wouldn't have existed, and I totally understand that. But you have to take accountability. The match went on, and you, yeah, you, you, you have times, to deal the situation. How many times at Millwall? I'll ask you, Chris. How many times at Millwall have you have you seen a Millwall player appeal for a free kick and gone get on with the game, play until the whistle? I do it all the time. You play until the whistle. If it doesn't get given, you get you get up and you carry on with the game. You might feel hard done by, but the as you say, forty seconds to deal with it. And they didn't. No, they didn't. I mean, it, it was. A, I know there were, there was opportunities to, to to deal with that, but it was a good strike. Like I hate to. Admit oh, it's it. a good goal. It's a good it goal. It was a great finish. There were two good goals. And, and, and let's let's be honest, right? And if this is the thing that annoys me the most, that is a France team that there are three players that would hundred percent have been in their starting lineup that didn't even go to the World Cup in Kanté, yeah. yeah. Ogba, and Benzema. Now I yeah. think actually having Giroud play has worked out very well for them because he stepped up and, and, and led the line superbly, to be fair. Yeah, and 100%. Whilst I think Benzema's great, he couldn't really have done much better than Giro, to be perfectly honest, because no. Giro's had a fantastic tournament. But if we can't beat them with their three of their best players out, we're, we're never going to beat them. And and also, when people talk about him as if he's you know second string. He's France's leading goal scorer, and he's leading goal scorer for a reason, because he puts himself in the right position 
and puts the ball in the back of the net. If Harry Kane had put, again, I'm not. If Harry Kane was spent more time in the opposition's box rather than playing as a, an extra midfielder, maybe yep. he'd have scored the goals that that we needed. Absolutely agree with you there. Right, the chaps. I think we're pretty much um, done. Um, we will be back later this week. Um, hopefully with a preview against Luton. Um, just to let you know, for some unknown reason, it's fucking taken all day, but Chat With Chaps is um, is up and live. It's just gone live now. So once we finish, stay on the uh, on the YouTube channel and uh, and have a watch. I'll tell you, it'll be a worthwhile 17 minutes of um, listening to Chris Rant while he's hungover. Um, and he leaves us... Yeah, I'll come to you one second. But there is a special message at the end of Chris's video, so make sure you stay to the end of that. Because um, even he'd be shocked if you listen to the message. He's really shocked that you've stayed till the end of his video. So um, yeah, you'll you'll hear that. But go on, Stephen. What you got to say for that? Just just before we finish, did the episode tonight? That the show tonight has been a little bit doom and gloom, and I'm sure the people have loved listening to us rant about a poor Mill performance in England being knocked out of the World Cup. <laughs> Just bringing it back to Millwall, we are still seventh in the league and yeah. we've got a great chance to really make something of this season. So it is doom and gloom this weekend, but hopefully next weekend we can finally go to Luton and, and, and get back on track with, with a win. It wouldn't be... Listen, the one thing you get from us is that there is no bullshit, there is no bollocks, there is no, you know, oh, we can't say that in case we offend someone um, and you can't do this and do that. People know what we are. We are unedited, as you can see. We're live. Um, we're unbiased. And we speak how it is. Um, hopefully, you appreciate that. Um, if we need to call someone out, whether that be the club or England fucking Nancy Pansies, then we call them out. But most of all, um, I don't think we've been Millwall supporters um, over all the years between us of supporting them that... It's the same shit every day. Uh, we win some, we lose some, and we draw some. And some days we play shit. Some days we play like the most informed Brazil. You know, ninety is it ninety two or sixty two Brazil? I think. But yeah, and listen, there's no way France is going to beat that record. France is not going to go on on Sunday to win back to back World Cups. Um, I think the last team to do it is in 62 was Brazil, I think, unless my fucking yeah, brain is yeah. wrong. Um, so, look, you know, <laughs> ain't going to happen. Monaco, Monaco, Morocco, Croatia, final. Monaco's going to win. The Arab the Arab world is going to go absolutely fucking guarantee. And then it turns out that it was a good... Uh, World Cup for Qatar because they suddenly go don't matter about their team being shit uh, Arabs won and they'll be fucking happy Larry Chris you got anything to say fella before we um we go through the comments what I haven't gone through yet and then we'll be closing down fella no no uh, nothing more to say enjoyed the show hopefully people did listen to us uh, rant on and um, yeah look forward to the next one thank you gents no problem Right, then, let's go through some of these where we've done. Um, where did I get to? Yeah, we said that. We brought that up. Um, yeah, it's all about Loy. Sometimes Loy is blind. Um, 
Thank you very much. Glad you enjoyed the show, Chris. Uh, thanks, guys. Glad you enjoyed the show. Thanks, guys. That's um, we're trying to be positive on the ending, and uh, and you just bring it home with a little touch of reality. But to be fair, guys, you're probably fucking right. Um, Luton is a bit of a bogey team for us, apart from in, in um, 1985 where we won the chair chucking contest. So um, you know it is some glory there mate um thanks mike thanks for listening again um the same old meal wall we have our ups and downs but we support them through and we wouldn't have them any other way would we i wouldn't i wouldn't no i wouldn't one thing i said when when the ams battle was going on and people were going like you know why are you getting involved in all that i said because listen i want the club to be here in years to come so that my kids can suffer the same fucking pain <laughs> I have supporting Millwall. And and that was that was my driving force behind it. So yeah. Well that's it. We are that Millwall Podcast. This is that Millwall Podcast live interaction show. Uh, I hope you like it. It was slightly earlier this week. Um we're gonna be testing out some times and seeing obviously what works best for you. This show will be out at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, you will have a double podcast tomorrow because a chap with chats, chat with chaps even, that's a bit of a tongue-tied, that will be out as the pod in the morning as well, uh, as well as this episode. And, uh, yeah, pretty much that's it for a few more days. Um, and then we'll be back, hopefully. Omar will be back. Joe will be back. Kai will be back. Uh, and we'll have a big panel and we, we will be reviewing Luton uh, away. So, um, so I'm just looking at that last comment. We started on our needs and ended it on our knees. Okay. Uh, before you go, transfer targets in January. Okay, last question then, boys. Gaz has asked, we've we done it last week, I suppose, but you, Chris, weren't on it last week. So um, quick question. What do you think of the transfer targets will be and where do you think we're going to need to strengthen? And then we will be off. Go with you first, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think we, we've spoken about it before and I, I don't think yesterday's changed my opinion. I think we need a mobile target man. Uh, and that's no slight on Bradders at all. That's the, you know, I don't think... No, I totally agree with you. Um, I don't think he's a problem. Um, but I, another option... Uh, we need because there's, there's nothing we need a mobile target man we basically need to clone Ellis Sims I've said this and I'm fanboying but he's class um, and we need a uh, a, a pacey um, a, a tricky winger down that sort of right hand side I'll tell you what I'd love to get actually I'm going to throw a name out there it ain't going to happen because he's already on loan at another club and he's not going to get recalled um, I think his name's Corberon plays for Blackpool he stuck out like a sore thumb when we played against them. He was yeah, absolutely he everything we need. He's class. He, absolutely. One of the best individual performances I've seen of a from a mediocre team in a long time. Someone like that wants to beat beat players. He's got a bit about him in terms of a bit of attitude. I quite like that. He took, I think, their corners. Um, yeah. If we could sign Corberon and Ellis Sims, we'd be in the top six. Stephen. Uh, a, a mobile striker, a mobile target man, striker, a right winger. And I said it a few weeks ago and yesterday kind of reaffirmed it. If he's not convinced with um, 
with uh, Malone coming in to replace Wallace, then I think we we potentially might need someone else at left back. But the the attacking position is the one we, is the ones we desperately need to to strengthen first. We'll be back. Um, we'll be back. Obviously, as I said, end of the week with a new show, and uh, and don't panic. We will be doing a transfer special because we are um, in partnership with a stack company, and they have a lovely transfer. Uh, feature section on their site what we can use and we can type in players and it will match us all up so uh, yeah that's it from us we'll be back again shortly make sure you're following us across all socials and why not if you stayed to this part of the show put stuff in the comments of who you think we should sign why and what positions you think we need that's it from us time for us to go get some hot cocoa And thank God we're not watching England. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.